This is Fritz of Whiskey Dick. You're tuned to Undergroundopolis. Hoo-yee-haw. Welcome to Undergroundopolis, everybody. Tonight's guest is here to talk about her new album, Aloha from Kentucky, which features some really awesome classics and even more incredible special guests. She's done, she's got a few projects going on, I believe. And we're going to have her tell, talk all about it. And we'll just go ahead and bring her right on here. Tell us who you are, where you're from. Hi, my name is Miss Georgia Peach, and I'm actually from St. Paul, Minnesota, but my name is Georgia. <laughs> and that is where the Miss Georgia Peach came from. And I have a big butt. That's where the Miss Georgia Peach came from. <laughs> we'll, we'll start off with the easy questions. If, if there okay. was somebody, if there was somebody that you could narrow down, it, well, it doesn't have to be one. Just you saw on stage, saw on TV or something. So you know what? I want to do that. I want to be a pro musician. Mm-hmm. Who would that influence me? All right, well, I'm going to tell my age here, but let's start with Elvis. Um, and I just really thought, of course, that he was the greatest, the king. Um, and I would love to be, as a child, you know, just idolized him and thought I wanted to be like that. And then I loved the Donnie and Marie show and I loved Dolly's show. And I was like, that is what I'm going to do. See, I, I remember those singer. shows too. <laughs> yes, I wanted to be a singer. And I mean, it just, and I wanted to touch people the way that they would touch me, you know, with their voices and their performance and even just the way that they looked. That's what I wanted to do. Well, I was going to mention that Aloha from Kentucky, which I, I love this album. I love, the, I love the song selection. Thank you so much. And what made what made you pick these songs well they're me and the drummer on this album travis raymond who is also my husband um he was not when we recorded this album we've since gotten married um we had a little rockabilly trio with my best friend called rhinestone chassis and so a bunch of these songs were just rhinestone chassis songs that we would do uh playing around here we just made a couple cassettes and Nashville Pussy took the, we gave them the cassettes. We played with them and we've been friends with them for a long time. We gave them the cassettes and they would listen to them on tour and Blaine was like, hey, Georgia, you got to record some country music. Your voice is for country music. And, uh, and, he, and he kept saying that every time I would see him. And so finally we did. 
we did. Well, the fact the fact that Blaine's a special guest, Blaine Cartwright of Nine Pound mm-hmm. Hammer and Nashville Pussy, and Scott Llewellyn of Nine Pound Hammer and Ryder, which I'm not going to pronounce her last name because I'm not sure how. Size. <laughs> It's is it size? Like it's, it's yes, it's like a robe size. It's rider size. So you just think rider size. <laughs> I've always kind of wondered that. I'd always just kind of dodged pronouncing her name. Yes. Well, you just I, that's how I would always remember. It's just rider size. Like you're gonna exercise. It's rider size. Well, and now see. you can keep that. You just put that in your pocket, Rob. You'll remember forever. <laughs> <laughs> What would you I'm say? sorry, I broke up your train of thought. Yes, the <laughs> guests were amazing, and we got we recorded it in Lexington, Kentucky, which is why it's Aloha from Kentucky. Um, and obviously, we we're all Elvis fans, and just you know thought it was kind of like a super great, like special superstar coming together of a bunch of longtime friends and our first musical collaboration. So that's why we made. That's where we came up with the title. And we also had Mark um, from Nine Pound Hammer, the bass player from Nine Pound Hammer is on there as well. Well, where did you record at in Lexington? Um, Brian Polito, who's been the drummer for Nine Pound Hammer for a long time, he had a studio right in town. Um, And so we did it there. We, Travis and I flew down from Minnesota to Atlanta to Blaine Ryder's house and we worked on songs there. It was like New Year's Eve happened. Um, and it just was a special, you know, like confluence of events. I don't know if that's proper words, but anyway, uh, where everybody was available. Um, and then we drove from Atlanta after practicing and learning the songs. We drove to, to Lexington, Kentucky, and then we just stayed there in a motel and went to the studio every day. Right on. And we did 21 songs. And these are the best of them. <laughs> well, how'd you how'd you narrow that down? Um, how do we narrow it down? Well, I mean, it was narrowed down basically. Like some of them, we 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 attempted, and they just didn't come out great, which we thought they should be great, not just like mm, not just good. Uh, and then um, this project actually, you know, it's been years in the making and it was only because of COVID that it finally got finished. Cause we always thought like, we're going to polish it. We're going to come in and we're going to put, do redo this part and redo this line and everything. And um, because of COVID, Brian had time. He combed through every take of every song and he mixed this album of what you hear now from what we always thought was like not good enough. We always thought like, yeah, we just gotta go in and tweak this and that. Um, Mark came in and did a bass line that was missing or two. Um, Ryder recorded a guitar solo like on her computer during COVID and sent it to finish a song. Um, and I hope that answers your question because I've already forgotten what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> who, did the, who did the fantastic artwork? Cause that's oh great my God. artwork. <laughs> Isn't it? Okay, well, there's a, there's a, I know him because he's in Jackie and the Cedric. So Rock and Jelly Bean is the bass player of Jackie and the Cedrics, which is an amazing Japanese band um, that I also, Travis and I used to play with Nikki Corvette and we toured in Japan. And that's how we met Rock and Jelly Bean. We played with Jackie and the Cedrics. And he, so Rock and Jelly Bean is an amazing artist, a famous artist in Japan and worldwide. And because of COVID, 
he had some time to draw this, which was always Travis's dream. We always had talked to him about how we wanted him. We had made this record with William Ryder and the Knife on Hammer guys, and we were dying for him to draw the cover. Travis had this like, you know, six pack Annie, like sexploitation movie concept. And he made it happen. We just like combed through some pictures and sent them to him and he got everybody on the cover. And that's crazy, um, <laughs> crazy visual that looks like a movie poster. It, it certainly does. I can't wait to get the vinyl. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, uh, my vinyl collection starting to really take off. <laughs> yeah. Is what it taking off or is it taking over your life? It's it's kind of taking over. Uh, and my cassette mm -hmm. collection, too. I found this at a flea market a few weeks ago, and I got one of these oh. for Christmas in 1981. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Like, is I got it the a, same one? No, I don't think it's the same one. I think I think the one I had, the doors actually finally fell off. <laughs> <laughs> Till the doors fell off. <laughs> yeah, I played that thing too. I literally did play until the doors fell off the cassette. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I've had so much fun with this thing. Man. That's awesome. It's gonna be on my it's gonna be on my album cover, believe it or not. <laughs> I love it. Yes, it should. Travis, Travis got a boombox for his birthday and he literally just carries it everywhere with him in the house. <laughs> like dug out all his old mixtapes. He's happy as can be. Well, Cassettes are on the rise. Cassettes mm -hmm, are the, they're like, coming like back. vinyl is. Yeah, they sure are. I, the I, next I, thing I will be CDs. CDs will come back. <laughs> we'll that's see. That would be nice. That's, that's that's the cheapest route to go. <laughs> right? I know. I mean, can you vinyl. believe how much they used to gouge for CDs when it's really like the cheapest production method yeah. possible? Oh, yeah. That was like a capitalist genius move. Just tell them it's better and you can charge so much more. Yeah. Vinyl sounds still sounds the best. Vinyl just it really does. I mean, getting this test press for the Miss Georgia Peach album, we were just, just everybody was remarking how it just sounds so warm. So, so yeah, we're excited. Say... We're so excited. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> what would you say is your most favorite show you've ever played? I was, uh, okay, so I spent a little bit of time thinking about this. Um, maybe the first show I ever played in Japan was crazy. People were like, it was like, you know, what you think about as a stereotypical Japanese show in Tokyo where people are like crying and singing along in every show. But I thought about another one. I have two more. Do you mind? Can I pick more than one? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, because I play in so many musical acts. I was really like, what were my favorite shows? We once, we had a short Fuses, which is my punk band. We had a European tour and we played in this town Montpellier in France and we had never been there. And every person knew every word to every one of our songs. So that was amazing. Like packed place, like stage diving, like, okay. <laughs> like somebody in this town was like, everyone needs to buy this record. So that was, that yeah. was total pandemonium. Um, and then I had one show at just a local dive bar here. And this man who looked like a very tall John Lee Hooker in a three-piece suit came up and on a tray, he gave me a shot and like a $20 tip on stage. Like, you're great. And that was, that was a very special moment. That was, for a long time, that was my absolute favorite show. Like, thank you. 
Yep. A little personal moment. And some $20 for my, put it right in the old wallet. <laughs> right, in the, right in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> right in the bank. Boop. <laughs> well, here's the counter question. What would you say the least oh favorite God. performance was? Oh, <laughs> I love this question. Show. Love this question. Just okay, that reaction so... right there. <laughs> oh, my God. We played to my future father-in-law and three dogs in West Virginia. And it was like the second time I was ever meeting my husband's father. He drove from Pennsylvania to West Virginia to see us play. There was nobody there except the door was open and these three dogs just kept running through. And they were having the time of their lives. But I was so bummed out that I wore like my van outfit, which was like cutoffs and an oversized t-shirt and flip flops. And of course he took a million pictures. So now I could have put it out of my mind, but there's like photographic proof of like, you gave up and you went on stage in flip flops. Grace. <laughs> so three dogs, flip flops, West Virginia. That's my worst show. <laughs> Would you say that you prefer the studio or the stage? There's no question that I prefer the stage. Oh my God. I It's taken me so long to get comfortable in the studio. Making this record really helped me with that a lot. Um, just to be around so many supportive like buddies who all, you know, they weren't in their own heads because it was, it was not like original music that we had. There's some original songs on there, but it was yeah. not like, this album's got to pay the rent. You know what I mean? It was just a fun project. And it, that made a big difference. I just always, you can't feel the vibrations in your whole body. Um, but on stage, you can. And so that, you know, just hearing things in the cans, I just felt I, it took me so long to get a good vocal performance that matched what I was feeling when you're like vibing with everybody who's all making their sounds. Instead, you're just like in a weirdly lit room alone with like tinny sounds coming in your ears. So stage always. <laughs> what what's your favorite song to play live? Um, that's a great question. So I in my punk band, it's this song called One Eye, um, and that always gets me like super pumped up and like ready for the show. Uh, so we usually put that towards the beginning of the set. But for country, it's Delta Dawn. And that is because I Ooh. torment the audience. Uh, and if they don't sing along, I just keep playing and playing and playing and playing and playing until they do. And it doesn't take very long. I just have like, like one threat, like I can do this all night. So I need you all to sing on the chorus. Delta Dawn, what's that flower you have on? So anyway, Delta Dawn. Delta Dawn. Everybody loved Delta Dawn. <laughs> we had to sing it in eighth grade chorus. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Like a fallen woman with, you know, like the crazy lady in town. <laughs> I like that story. That's going to get me thinking. <laughs> Eighth grade chorus. Did the parents sing along when you did it? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> Who knows? Clay we'll just say in Clay, did. Kentucky, we didn't really do anything for PTA it's a very, it's a very small town, <laughs> very, very small town. That's great. You've heard, it's such you've a good of a, song. You've heard of a one stop light town. Well, we, yes, we I didn't, 
we didn't we had one blinking red light. That's <laughs> just blinks 24 hours a day. Well, <laughs> I, I always wondered if anybody ever changed that bulb. I've never seen right? anybody change that never bulb. stopped. Ooh, that's another thinker. Connery. I ran that light one night. And <laughs> I just, I just were there any consequences? Rush. No, no, no consequences. Just a, it, the cop, the cop. Goes goes home at two a.m. <laughs> but see now, if it's a small enough town, you already know that. You know, yeah. That. Well, depending on, on the cop, one of them was having an affair. We knew where he was. <laughs> <laughs> we just had to drive by her house. <laughs> just check: is the car there? Okay. Yeah. Now we, we have the rest of the town to do whatever we want. <laughs> the one cop on duty at a time. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, there's a budget. Yeah, this is small. If you could open a show for anybody, who would that be? That's such a good question. I thought about that, and then we went down the list of all the people that we had open for because that—I mean, so many of my dreams have come true. But I will tell you that right now, I'm a very big Charlie Crockett fan. Mm -hmm. Um, so that would be exciting. But his show is kind of quiet. So I don't know if it would be that good of a, <laughs> we're very like fun and dancey. I think even our slow songs still keep the tempo going. Anyway, I'm a big Charlie Crockett fan right now. And otherwise, you know, your dreams, I don't know, Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. I'm also, yeah, that would be a dream come true. Oh yeah. Aim higher. I'd like you, to see you, that was sorry. Go ahead. I'd like to see you. I'd like to see you and Nashville Pussy or Nine Pound Hammer together. <laughs> oh my God! Well, I have played with both of them many times. So I have opened for both of them many times. So that's why that wasn't on the list. Yes, I'm a huge fan. Nine Pound Hammer changed my life. <laughs> I was living in New York City, and they came and played a show with the Devil Dogs in like the basement of a pizza place. And I went to the show, and I was like, I can leave New York. You, when you live there, you just get in, you get this idea that only you can only make art in New York. New York is the only cool place to be. And these guys came and just like blew my mind. And I was like, oh, that. Oh, I can leave. I can do this anywhere. I do not have to stay in New York. And I did. I left. I came home to Minnesota. I've not played New York yet, but I am in June. <laughs> hey, congratulations. Oh, my gosh. That's great. Where are you going to play? I don't know the name of the place off the top of my head. <laughs> Just keep your eyes on social media. I'll find out. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah. What day yeah, of the I've week never, are you playing? It's a, there's like a Thursday, Friday, and, and Saturday. Well, one of them's oh in Buffalo. Gosh. One night is okay. in Buffalo, two nights in New mm -hmm. York. That's so, awesome. But this is a great time. <laughs> You're going to have a great time. I'm excited for you. <laughs> I didn't realize you'd played all over the world. Yes, yes, I've toured all. Well, I haven't been to Australia, but yeah, I've toured all over. Where, where would you say your favorite was, other than France? Other than France, I mean, playing in Japan is a dream come true. I got to go there three times, uh, playing in Nikki Corvette's band. Um, we played a really fun show in Groningen in the Netherlands. That was great. Um, we played a fun, we, the, 
Do you know this band called the Yum Yums or the Vikings from Norway? I guess not. This guy, Morton, who was in the Yum Yums and Caroline and the Treats in Norway, they put on shows in Moss in Norway, which is just outside of Oslo and those Moss like house party shows. That's uh, I love playing a house party. I love playing a basement. And so playing a house party show in Norway was pretty fucking great. I, oh, yeah. Can I swear on here? Yeah, you can say any fucking thing you want on this show. Okay, (laughs) that was one of the best motherfucking shows I ever went to. People had brought like homemade moonshine, which is a big deal in Norway. They moonshine there because uh, the taxes on alcohol are so high. So we got fucked up. That was great. (laughs) That was great. I bet. Mm hmm. Well, what? Well, I've lost my place. What would you say is next for you? Next for me? Well, you know what? I'm actually in three bands right now. So uh, we're looking to, I'm looking to record with all three before fall. So that's the goal. Um, I have a garage band. (laughs) Yeah, I have a, well, it's, you know what? It's what I do that makes me happy. Like, you know, I have to work a job. I don't make enough money on music to support it. And so if I stop playing music for a while, I'm like, why am I living this square life where I just go to work and make money? And like, it's not enough. I have to do, I have to do art. I also, I, I went to college for fashion design, but I, I didn't like the fashion industry, but I sew and I love to cook and, um, but music is like my main artistic outlet. And Although I'm just gabbing away on here, like it's a form of unspoken communication that it just like fills a need in me. So making music in bands with other people is just like, I need it. It's like my blood. So anyway, we couldn't do shit during COVID. We like combed all the old recordings. That's how this record came out. The record label that I'm on, Rumbar Records out of Boston, was like, well, what else do you got? And Travis was, he never forgets anything. He's like, we just finished the fucking country record. Let's finish it. And so we did. We got the artwork. We got the album finished. Brian mixed it. It sounds so good. Um, anyway, blah, blah, blah. I lost my train of thought. Yes. So we got shows. We got recordings. Um, so my garage band, BB Galini, it's like a frat rock band, but with it's women-led, so me and Amy, the bass player, we write all the songs, and we're going to record this summer, and sh- we're trying to make another Miss Georgia Peach album. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. So that's in the works, to come to Kentucky and do it. Well, I, I, I kind of pay attention to Rumbar Records quite a bit on Bandcamp, believe it or not. They're, they've got really good stuff coming out. He it's has automatic. great taste. <laughs> oh my god the dogmatics are coming this summer <laughs> we're, and we're gonna play well, some shows with dogmatics and bb galini the my garage band so yeah that's that's awesome that. <laughs> right i uh, know i'm such a huge dogmatics fan we played with them once uh like in cape cod with nikki corvette and that was a dream come true but being on the same record label we get to keep in touch a lot more yeah. can we expect a tour of Miss Georgia Peach? Yeah. Or any of them? Any of them. I don't know. You know what? COVID 
has kept us so like hesitant for so long um, that we're just trying to get these recordings done. And then we'll think about tour after that. Like, here's what I think is going to happen with this Miss Georgia Peach record. I think it's just going to keep building and that people are going to, you know, tell each other about it. It's just so accessible. It's just so likable, you know? Yeah. It just, I feel, I mean, <laughs> parents like it. Yeah. Finally, your parents like it, kids <laughs> like it, people in bands like it. Um, so if that if that keeps building like I think it will, then yeah, we hope to, certainly. Well, this, the, the simple fact that you recorded Backside of Dallas was just, <gasps> <laughs> I was like, ah, because <laughs> I, I love that song. I've always loved oh that song. Gosh. I'm as so happy to hear that. As I am, <laughs> I know a lot about country. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Grew up watching Hee Haw with my grandparents, of course. You know. Yes. Me and my brother always watched Hee Haw and then Dance Fever would be on after that. <laughs> Here in Minnesota. 